Welcome to Stage Business. This is your host Geetanjali Devaka. Life has changed by leaps and bounds since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. With work from home becoming a norm for many professionals, most of us wonder when the world of concerts, recitals, and even dramatic presentations would return to its grandeur. In this episode, we explore the impact of technology in the world of professional classical dance. To dig deeper into these aspects, we are joined by Priyanka Raghuraman, the disciple of eminent Bharatanatyam dancer Anita Guha. Priyanka is not only a Bharatanatyam dancer, but also a teacher, theatre artist, and an anchor. She was also involved in the organization of a cultural festival called Drive East in San Francisco, situated in the United States. Priyanka, thank you for joining us today. How have artists been able to perform or continue with what they do in the last few months, especially with the whole COVID scenario changing the world around right. us? Hi, Gitanjali. Thank you for having me on for this discussion. It's a pleasure talking to you about our experience during pandemic. So I had finished a couple of performances in February during Shivratri time, and I had just returned to the US. Once the shutdown happened, I think for a good month, almost till the end of March, nobody knew what to do, including us artists. Everywhere, it just felt like there was a sudden pause, and we had like tours planned for this year. 2020 was supposed to be this round year. It was all the year of a lot of new things happening. But right then, I think this lockdown. and this huge invisible wall raised in everybody's life and you were kind of put into a small closed space the first thing which we did in our dance school and generally i did with my students was to arrange for online classes in the best suitable way possible but the challenge with online classes was you also have very young students taking these classes they have to warm up to just looking at a screen and being able to perform mostly kids mimic what the teacher does so you have to be there in person to guide them gently and i'm sure even for theater artists theater is a place where the vibration with audience is of utmost importance and i immediately started wondering about as dancers as theater artists if you're not going to have any applause or a gasp of surprise element or things like that how do you even gauge what the audience is feeling about your performance slowly online classes started becoming the norm but there was also the slow deeply worrying element which is growing in us as to when this would end and when it would be a time when we get out to perform in about may this online performance trend started catching on it was all about live performances and going live on instagram and going live on facebook initially it it was very exciting honestly for me also about just being able to do some amount of work present something from the confines of your home and people are able to watch you from wherever they are in their safe spaces but in the current situation that i am in i am in a space where you really can't stomp too much you can't really use loud music or even raise your voice too much at certain times of the day so when that was the problem we had to choose pieces which didn't have too much of footwork which was more of expression centric and had softer movements to do so it started out like that and then the whole trend of performing live became a happening thing priyanka i remember yeah. watching a performance of yours on instagram in such cases you're not able to gauge the audience can you tell us more about how this has sort of helped you still stay in touch with the concept of performing mm-hmm. for a crowd as an artist what i observed is arts especially fine arts like classical music and dance is like an age old thing so those art forms 
kind of married well into technology. They went hand in hand almost immediately. Instagram or Facebook, these platforms offer the option of commenting live. So when the audiences can comment on the platforms, it slowly felt like, okay, you were actually in front of the live audience. And that made it better to perform on these platforms. Initially, it was all about being simply dressed and not really going the full throttle. But then when I think time went by, artists needed a cheer up element. So they did want to dress up and wear their gumrus or salangai and really go the full length. There were a lot of good interviews going on between artists as well. So it was not just about performing. There were a lot of interactions amongst musicians and artists, this like general dancers and theater artists. And a lot of organizers were talking to artists. Many artists, including me, felt very good about sharing. It was just about having a common space to talk and how this could probably be like a revolutionary time in terms of arts. Do you think a mm-hmm. forum like this can actually assure artists of some sort of mm-hmm. stable income? When the months passed by, what happened was the artists kind of, I think, started feeling trapped after a point. So then any performance opportunity you got, any small live show you were asked to do, artists would engage. Time was, of course, available in plenty. But whether you were really compensated or not, whether you had the space or not, people were, I think, just going out there and performing. So after a point, a lot of art organizations started mushrooming, especially on Instagram and other platforms. There are some pages which really do good work with the artists. But there were a lot of pages who just wanted to increase their following as well. There were too many lives happening and soon it descended into a situation where it became like a huge stressing element. First, you were in a state of pause. Then you were excited to just perform in whichever space you were. And then everybody was performing mostly for free, except for the very senior artists who definitely would have some kind of compensation or some kind of a small token given to them. There should be a healthy mix of performing for charity, performing for fundraisers and performing for a decent amount of a professional charge. So if that is not put in place, then it becomes like an unhealthy environment where all artists are taken for granted. So you're saying it is actually necessary for somebody to consider paying the artist, even if it is an online platform. Yes. One more thing with online performances. Initially, it was about people just directly going live from their space. Then later, what happened was slowly technical glitches started developing and the organization started requesting artists to send their pre-recorded content and then the recordings will be telecast live. So if that is the case, the artists are sending out their choreography or their music, their work. When they send out their work like that to the organizers, mostly you just have that basic level of ethical trust which you have and say the organizer is going to use this and probably not misuse the content but all the time you can't be sure about such a situation especially with arts it's very difficult to copyright something what happens is the artist may not be compensated and most of the times in these pandemic situations the artist's family have always had to help them put up the show so when that is happening definitely the organization must come forward with some kind of a token of appreciation That was Priyanka Raghunaman telling us more about how life has changed for artists in the world of online shows. In the next episode, Priyanka Raghunaman will tell us more about the scope of technology in classical dance and how it could help artists sustain themselves. Follow us on our Spotify channel, Business Line Podcast, for more exciting interviews.